Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 352, and today we'll be talking about Dark Harvest from Invader Zim. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So this is, uh, I mean, just watching some of these hallway sequences, and I was thinking you could do a mod for Alien Isolation with this flavor. <laughs> of grimy, horrifying school with creepy as hell taxidermy room and incredibly brief and probably expensive to draw boilerplate room. Absolutely. I, I mean, the industrial, uncomfortable nature of the school is just another thing entirely. Something else I wanted to bring up. But just the the fact that there's an alien lurking in the vents waiting to pounce on you. Except instead of drooling out of the vent, it just has a pigeon on its head that won't shut up. Back in the day, you know, five plus years ago? I don't even know. I feel old. That Slenderman game that came out, everyone was uh, playing it, you know, it was super basic run in the woods. Remember that people kept making different mods of it, like, instead of hearing some sound or static, you'd hear, like, the Gimme $20 song or something, and I'm thinking, man, there's gotta be a version where the head pigeon is cooing as you collect more notes in the woods. This is, they really pull on every single horror trope, and they do it so seamlessly and easily and not in a way that's like obvious reference to a thing although maybe if i was a horror movie buff it would feel maybe more direct in its references but just like it pulls on every trope and it does it so well like especially in the taxidermy room just the uh (laughs) yeah that's something actually zim does really well where it is okay with even though it feels like it should be fast-paced and zany they actually spend a lot of time just staying on an idea for a moment which is kind of almost maybe some of that comic book influence of just trying to give that same feel as you might have staring at a panel or series of panels for a while because it's like in that room the way dib just keeps looking around in horror and they've chosen like so many different weird animals and things into shadows to draw and also just the fixation they have on having him scan every single student that he can, and, like, really staring yeah. at what their organs get replaced with. <laughs> I love they they had a few uh, obvious jokes, like the ticker uh, for the alarm clock is one that I feel comfortable mentioning on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know how any of these kids live, especially, well, I guess one of them definitely dies. Somehow all the other organs are replaceable, but I think when that kid gets his lungs taken and Dib cries out his name, yeah, getting your heart taken out should be fatal. That lady seems to be able to do her job quite well with a poop cola can instead of a brain, but then again, I had always suspected that most of the humans in this world were brainless, so I guess they've evolved to not need them. Nice. Kind of like uh, Chuck doesn't really need his legs from... <laughs> from, yeah, Kid Cosmic. Uh, Kid Cosmic, yeah. Yeah, I actually love that theory, that the humans are so brain dead and potentially full of radiation that they can live through this type of thing. It's a vestigial organ. I mean, honestly, how many times have these kids made it through ketchup and rice day? I I think they're hardier than, uh, well, barely hardier than having some of their organs replaced. Well, I mean, the Torque's on some kind of sports team or something, because he gets a nutritious meal, so... I, I know which side their bread is, bread is buttered on. He's just the do you lift bro before that was even a thing. He just always has a weight in hand. I don't even know if he was athletic. He just, you know, was a man very conscious of 
how many organs were inside of him, <laughs> inside of his squishy chest, and uh, and he, he carried around his little dumbbell, and may he rest in peace forever. Until the next episode. <laughs> yeah. That's okay, I mean, I don't think Dib ended up on the autopsy table, you know, cut apart either. Eh, Professor Membrane probably reminded them that he could do all of that without cutting anything open, so... Spared his son that time. So did, did Zim steal Dib's lungs as well? Because he had redundancies of everything else. Maybe he wanted two pairs of lungs? Yeah, I don't know what got replaced in Dib. I want to say, like, it can't be his vocal cords because he could still vocalize, but there was definitely something in his airways. Yeah, I'm going to go with lungs for now. Maybe he only took one lung. Maybe actually that's how both of the kids lived. Maybe Torque had just one lung taken. Maybe, maybe. Maybe he just took two chambers of that kid's heart. I don't think it works that way. <laughs> yeah, the other chambers were just behind that <laughs> clock. Yeah. His ticker. And I, I love how Gaz, apparently, you know, you would think that Gaz would be a, a pretty tough kid, but apparently she's very thin-skinned if she's able to see her game console monitor through her uh, stomach lining. See, that's where Zim is unrealistic to me. I, you know, who's gaming console had that bright of a screen i mean in this era our game boy advances didn't even have backlit screens that's how you know they have such high technology their portable game consoles actually have yes backlights on them well i mean you saw that uh ups driver or whoever was able to drive clean up onto the school playground <laughs> so he probably had to knock over a chain link fence to do it i wish more you know like zim exists in a real world it's not like looney tunes level of silliness but I, I think more shows could go for, that go for the same level of semi-realism that Zim does, the ridiculous excuses for things. Dib just thinking out loud, oh, it'd be great if I had a way to see inside of Zim, knowing fully well that he had a delivery to school coming on the way, <laughs> giving him this exact power. Beautiful. Well, remember, this was before the days where, with the internet, you could check your tracking number every hour if you wanted, so we probably had no idea when it would be out for delivery. It's just, shouldn't their world be better if they have that good of a delivery system? Although, maybe that's true for our world, too. <laughs> our world isn't better. I mean, the peasantry doesn't deserve better. They deserve their consumerist trinkets, but they don't deserve to be treated like human beings. There you go. They would get ideas. There you go. Also, I was really distracted during that scene because of the famous Zim yelling. He's just barking, hey, <laughs> hey! Like, I refuse to believe that was anything other than not even recorded for this episode. Like, I think they just have a bank of Zim yelling and just they just sprinkle it throughout the series as needed. <laughs> well, they had to include him yelling because he doesn't do any screaming in this episode. So yelling was as good as they were going to get. That's true. He's Zim is at his most menacing, um, for sure. And this is a Zim wins episode as well, one of the earliest. Yep. Um, I I told you when we discussed germs that for for a while I thought that Zim was a neat freak based off of just having seen the episode Germs. Well, you know what Germs was paired up with Dark Harvest, and so it took a while to get the mental image of engorged Zim out of my. This is what Zim looks like space <laughs> yeah it's also hard to imagine i mean that's a character trait that just disappeared right because zim's fine with having filthy earth pig organs inside of him for whatever reason i guess his fear of the autopsy table is greater than incorporating himself with human things 
Also, the uh, he probably got scared away from germ-fighting measures when the space meat, or I should say the not-space meat, invaded his eye sockets. Uh, that probably freaked him out a little. <laughs> Gave him something other than germs to worry about. Although I guess this was actually one of the earlier episodes, you can see, because Miss Bitters is still wearing her purple shirt in this one, but, you know, they, they paired it up a little later on, because pairing Dark Harvest up with bestest friends, I can agree, maybe that's a little too intense for your <laughs> average Nickelodeon or Lunar Ceasefire podcast uh, audience. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Just have Zim removing things from people all the time. Oh, well. Honestly, the, the intensity of this episode, I feel like... Would cartoons do this today? I think the... I mean, uh, Infinity Train? Yeah, it's not like... I think graphics-wise, one of the most graphic things in this episode is just the, you know, fantasy drawing that Dib has on his desk of Zim being cut <laughs> open. Like, it is... No, Zim cutting himself open. Well, yeah, it's... Like, that's gross. Um, I, I don't know if any of the organs are particularly gross. I mean, zooming into that kid's belly button was kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, that was that was gross, but the far, far more disturbing was I, I think it's fair to use the term body horror. It was the body horror of seeing all these kids with their organs replaced with inanimate objects. You can feel that pain, you know, inanimate objects and one cat. Well, so that's the thing. Like, yeah, and the cat's hilariously cute. Love the love that. It, the kids are truly in pain, and it's like that part of it that makes it bad. Yes, that's what makes the episode so uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I feel like you could have had a Fairly Odd Parents episode where Timmy's wish goes wrong, and, like, people have clocks for hearts and whatever, but, like, as long as they're not greenish-blue and, like, retching over, <laughs> you know, it's not as uh, horrifying. But, um, yeah, definitely just darker or more intense. I also just love how disgusting school is, and they're so committed to just the weird, cramped nature of it, and also it's never going to have a consistent shape. It's like, I don't know where that weird end of a hallway, there's like eight doors <laughs> to go to places, things. Oh, I thought you were talking about the bricked-off dead end that Zim chased Dib into before he went under the railing. Yeah, yeah, that little, what was it? It's b even bigger than an octagon. Oh, yeah, the octagon's crazy, too. Because they drew, like, ten different shots of it, which is hilarious, including even Zim, like, peering into another classroom needlessly, getting, like, double reverse shots. And even as he's just talking to the hall monitor kid, they, like, every time it, the camera flips between him and that kid, it's like, well, let's just draw another skewed different angle of this room, because that's fun. We are background artists. We can pay them. It's like Vesquez wanted to spend as much of Nickelodeon's money as possible because he had no idea how they ever greenlit his show, and he wanted to bilk them for everything they were worth. And it's so great, because again, the taxidermy room is so cool, but like, you have to design so many objects at so many different angles. And then the boilerplate room is like, boilerplate room? It ain't boilerplate. The boiler room- It's a contract, <laughs> baby. Like, that chase that ends, it's like maybe 10 seconds long. But, you know, you have to freaking design the entire, like, machinations of this room. That's beautiful. Again, it really sells the industrial horror of school, though. Yeah, well, that and the shot collars, or the explosion collars, for passes. Yeah, wh what is this, Battle Royale? <laughs> I love the radiator backup. Like, does that thing explode, too, <laughs> or what? 
I don't know. Eh, it's just really inconvenient to care. I mean, Torque would probably be able to handle it, but for the rest of the kids, they'd probably rather take the Battle Royale collar. Yeah, I love that Dib just goes along with it, too. No hint of annoyance or anything. Just, this is what my life is, of course. Uh, I mean, we'll uh, we'll get to the Halloween episode someday, but it's called Life Dib, Sit Down. Horrible nightmare visions. Speaking of Dib's life, does his little story about potentially being abducted by aliens as a child come back up again? Because that line was, you know, as a more like modern Cartoon Network watcher where every show, well, even modern Disney cartoons, like every show, a line like that, you're like, ooh, little secret history to come out later about the character. I think that's just characterization for Dib right there. He's mm-hmm. he's smarter than the rest of them, but like he's incredibly conceited, so he's still he's still just as dumb as them, even though he's way smarter than them. If you know, we may use varying definitions of intelligence for that glib statement. Right. I mean, he is very kind to follow Torque around, but also he, you know, lets out a classic, you'll all thank me <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. So still very concerned about what it means for himself. And yeah, it's just the perfect little story to feed into like that. It builds this idea that he has his own life narrative building up to why he needs to be doing what he's doing, which is great. I mean, although maybe maybe he was tinkered with by Professor Membrane. That would explain why Gaz is such a disturbingly powerful individual. I mean... (laughs) I don't want to say she'd be winning very many death battles, but as far as Invader Zim characters are concerned, her power level is probably right up there, not far below Miss Bitters. Zim has such an interesting potential to have that, like, you know, where some show like Steven Universe had the early goofy humor and then some serious, you know, storytelling. There's something interesting about Zim purely existing in this also weird but also horrific world and letting that, like, let the story continue to, like, drive horrific things. Like, maybe Dib was experimented on as a child or something, but it just drives towards horror that drives comedy, purely, though. And, like, you can keep building on the narrative, but it could only ever serve the just hilarity of how awful it is without you ever actually caring about the character because you're like well it's also a horrible person (laughs) they're all horrible people yeah i mean like i said even dib's not a great person he's lucid unlike most of them so that's a big plus but (laughs) I i will note though that dib is the big brother and all he gets is to be the intelligence of what we would consider to be an average human being Whereas Gaz is just as smart, and although incredibly apathetic, she's she's the one with the freaky power set. So I think I think Membrane perfected the art with Gaz. Or maybe if he had a third child, that would be the perfect child. Food for thought. What's your favorite organ? <laughs> um, you know I'm gonna have to go with the. However, you pronounce it, the squiddly spooch, because I've watched this episode trying to get the pronunciation right and still failed. So Mm. it's got to be worth something, right? I like the pancreas because I don't know what it does. Thanks, pancreas, for being there even when I don't know. Um, That's the one that produces insulin. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't be able to metabolize sugar without it. And if you couldn't metabolize sugar, you, well, life's not very fun. I don't know. Apparently, I could probably just replace it with a Game Boy and it'd be chill. Yeah. Well, no, no. It has to be a Game Slave. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. 
Anyway, guys, that's been us on Dark Harvest. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Uh, don't forget to tell us what your favorite organ is on uh, in a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>